Hi there, and welcome to Best of All, a podcast where we get to look into the world all around us uh, with one question in mind. Where do we see God? Where do we see Jesus? And how can we be more like Jesus in the world uh, today? So my name is Kelly McQuaig, and I am blessed to be the pastor of Grace United Methodist Church in Alamogordo and Tularosa, New Mexico. And one of the highlights of my work is I get to see Jesus in lots of different places. But today I get to talk about one way of seeing Jesus that always uh, that always makes my heart beat a little bit faster. I love it when I'm surprised by Jesus. I love it when all of a sudden something happens, I see somebody, I hear something, I read something, or I hear a song or some music on the radio, or, or I watch a movie and I'm just hit by the good news of Christ in my life because of what I've just experienced. And such a thing happened just a couple weeks ago as I was listening to the radio. So stick around, stay tuned, and I can't wait to ask the question with you, where do we see Jesus? And I can't wait to see that best of all, wherever we look, we can know that God is with us. This is best of all. So a few weeks ago, I was uh, driving to the gym in the morning and I had the radio on. Now, I'm a big talk radio guy. I I love uh, listening to other people's thoughts. I love to listen to the news. I've either got podcasts or NPR on most of the time. And I had turned on the radio today. I, I wasn't listening to a podcast and I'm so glad I wasn't or I would have missed this incredible story on NPR. It's a four minute story um, and it's about a cathedral in the Middle East that I've known about for, for a long, long time. If you've never heard the name of this place before, I guarantee you, you've probably seen a picture of it. It's called the Hagia Sophia or you may have heard it pronounced the Hagia. Sophia. It's this ancient 6th century Christian cathedral uh, that was built um, in uh, then Istanbul, turned into Constantinople. But it was, it was one of the, the gems of the Christian world. Of course, the Ottoman Empire came in and it was then converted into a mosque. And now it's a museum. Um, and I would love to go there someday. I know some friends who have and they just say that's in this incredible place. But this four-minute listen uh, talked about the type of music that used to be sung in this cathedral. So like I said, when this cathedral was originally built, it was built as a Christian place of worship. Now, nothing like this had ever been built before. This was the biggest building of its kind when it was built. It was, it was brand new technology, and you had never heard acoustics like this before. And because of the way the architecture worked, because of the way it was designed, and because of the very special acoustics that were in this building, a specific type of chant was developed, a specific type of music that was only supposed to be sung there because it was written to accommodate the amazing acoustics that this cathedral had. Well, of course, over time, those chants, fortunately, they continued because the music got written down and tradition was passed from from generation to generation. And still to this day in the year 2020, we have groups that are experts and professionals at seeing these 6th century chants that were written um, 1,500 years ago. It's pretty incredible. But there was a problem, you see. These chants, even though they're 1,500 years old, they haven't been sung in this cathedral for thousands of years. So, so we still don't really know what they were supposed to sound like originally until now. Because this is what happened, and this is what just, just blew my mind. 
a group of researchers from Stanford University, they wanted to really understand what these chants were supposed to sound like. So they got permission from the museum to go into the cathedral and take measurements and recordings of the acoustics of this cathedral. And they did it in a really cool way. They simply um, set up a microphone and they popped a balloon. And, and you could hear the balloon in this radio piece just resonate for, for almost 30 seconds because of the acoustics in this cathedral. Well, they were able to take that data from that one popped balloon, and then they created a computer program, and they had a group of, of these chanters who were recording uh, these chants um, in the American Northwest, either Seattle or Washington or, or Oregon or somewhere up in the Northwest. I don't remember exactly where. But they, they were recording them in a, in a studio, in a music studio. So they recorded these professional chanters singing these 1,500-year-old chants that, that nobody has heard in, in centuries, the way they were really supposed to be heard, and all of a sudden were able to apply this digital filter, this sound filter that these, these scholars were able to develop because of their popped balloon in the cathedral, and all of a sudden, through the power of technology and by, by the, through the computer, we are able to now hear exactly what these chants are supposed to sound like. And I gotta tell you, it's incredible. They were able to play the, this clip of, of this audio, the, imagining what it could sound like, and compared to the clip directly from the studio, Man, it was, it was incredible, and I like chanting. I think it's actually a fairly beautiful um, type of music to listen to. I listen to it a lot while I'm writing my sermons or while I'm reading, or even in times of prayer, I don't really know what they're saying, but, but it does put me in a very prayerful place. And so I do have some albums that, that I listen to of chanters, but I've never heard anything like this. You all of a sudden get to hear what these 1,500-year-old songs were originally supposed to sound like because you can now hear them as if you're standing in this cathedral, as if you're standing in the Hagia Sophia. And that's when it struck me. As I was listening to that radio spot, as I was listening to that story, I realized that God was truly with us. So how did I experience God through this four-minute radio spot? How, how did I come away from it assured that best of all, God was with me? Well, as I was thinking about this concept, this concept of stepping into the cathedral or hearing the music the way it was originally supposed to be heard, it got me thinking about our own approach to God and specifically God's love in our lives. Like I said, I like that sort of music, that monastic chanting music that monks will, will put an album out. I, I listen to it. I, I don't like sit down and just listen to it and do nothing else. Typically, I'm, I'm writing or I'm reading. Um, I, like I said, I'll, I'll use it in my prayer time. It's good background music for me when I need to focus. And I think it's beautiful. But I've only ever heard it uh, from a studio. I've only ever heard it the way it sounded when it was recorded in the studio. And that in and of itself was just fine, right? Just fine. It only took me hearing the way it was originally supposed to be heard to realize that what I had been listening to was lackluster. It, it took me realizing what it was originally supposed to sound like through this radio spot, through this technology that these scholars were able to develop to hear the beauty and the cacophony of what this would have sound like sung in the place it was supposed to be sung. 
it took that for me to realize that, that what I was appreciating was really mediocre at best compared to the original intent. And I realized how often do I do that with my own approach to who God is in my life? How often do I do that to my own understanding of God's love? I use the term God's love all the time. And if you're like me, you may as well. If you go to any church service or talk to any Christian, we're talking about God's love all the time. And for most of us, we, we're sincere when we talk positively about it. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, more often than not, we, we talk about it in passing. We talk about it in a way that, that doesn't change lives. It doesn't change our own lives. It only truly takes us experiencing the fullness of God's love, the way God's love was truly intended to be experienced for us to really appreciate it for what it is. And so I've been asking myself for the past two or three weeks, Kelly, are you stepping into the cathedral today? Are you stepping into the cathedral today? And what I mean by that is this, Kelly, are you truly longing to experience what God's love is really supposed to be like? Are you stepping into the cathedral and are, oh, are you opening yourself up to the original song of God's love as it was originally written? Not some recording in a studio in Washington State, but are you truly living with the sound of God's love all around you? Because Kelly, that is so much better. And as I've, and as I've walked through life with that, with that analogy, with that lens of asking myself, Kelly, are you stepping into the cathedral today? It's really been a challenge to me because I don't want to just listen to the music of God's love outside of the cathedral. I don't want to just listen to the, to the music of God's love uh, through a mediocre recording from my phone. <laughs> you know, I don't want to just do that. I want to experience the fullness of God's love. So I have to take my whole self, all of me, my body, mind, and soul into the cathedral and open myself up to who God is in my life. And that's how I knew listening to this four-minute NPR story that best of all, God was with me. Because all I did was get in the car that day. All I did was turn on the keys. All I did was turn on the radio on my short six-minute drive from my house to the gym. I didn't even have much time to listen to the whole thing. But in those six minutes, I heard this four-minute story that has completely changed the way I approach God's love for these past few weeks of my life. So I hope you step into the cathedral today. I hope you try to hear the music of God's love as it was originally supposed to sound like, as it was originally written since the dawn of time. I hope that you find a way to, to take yourself fully and, and step fully into the love of God that He has for you. In days like today with a global pandemic all around us, um, we need to experience God's love more fully in our lives. And we need to not only for our sake, but so that we can share it with others. Because so many other people in this world need to know that best of all, God is with them too. I'm reminded of Jesus talking to his followers. This is just before he's about to die on the cross. He's, he's gathered in a room with some of his closest friends and he's, he's praying for them and he's giving them um, one last message. And part of that message, he says this, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. 
Stepping into the cathedral, fully hearing God's love all around you as it was originally meant to be heard, that's what it means to abide in Christ. Surround yourself in Christ's love today. Ground yourself in Christ's love today. Trust everything that your life has to throw at you today. Trust it all to God's love. Step into the cathedral today and hear God's love the way he wants you to hear it. Because I promise you, once you do, everything else will look lackluster. Everything else will just seem mediocre. You'll never want to listen to that other music again. You'll want to only listen to God's music as he wants you to hear it. So step into the cathedral. And as you do so, may you grow in faith that best of all, God is with you.